0: I really feel for her five children. Can you imagine the effect that's having on her family, her mother, her friends? Um, it's, it's got, it has to be horrific, and they think that she is dead.
1: It isn't supposed to be this way. She should be home with her kids, her five young children. She would never have left like this. Something happened, something terrible. That's what family and friends of Jennifer Dulos have been saying since the day she vanished back in May. Summer is gone now, and she is still missing. And the focus of what happened to her squarely focused on her estranged husband. You are listening to The Tape Room, a podcast on the Fox 5 Podcast Network. Here we take a look back at the tri-state area's infamous and unsolved crimes. On this episode, the disappearance of Jennifer Dulos, the mother of five from the upscale community in New Canaan, Connecticut. Her disappearance, a case capturing the nation's attention for months. Our conversation now with a local reporter who's been there from the start.
0: Good afternoon,
1: this is Kathy. Hi Kathy, this is Dan Bowens with Fox 5, how are you?
0: I'm great Dan, nice to talk to you.
1: Kathy Reeks of thedailyvoice.com, thank you so much for joining us here at the tape room.
0: Thanks Dan. And
1: can you tell me just a little bit about New Canaan, Connecticut, just the town, the community for some of our listeners who, who may not be too familiar with that area of the state?
0: Sure, New Canaan is a is a small town not much crime. Um, it's a wealthy area um, with uh, very high income. And it has, it's a, one of those places that has great schools um, and uh, lots of parent interaction with children. It, it, it's And it's a real friendly place.
1: And when we talk about wealthy community, we're talking about million dollar homes and manicured lawns, oh. that kind of thing?
0: Absolutely. I mean, multi-million dollar homes and million-dollar homes. It's it's certainly not your average blue-collar worker of living in New Canaan.
1: Not a lot of violent crime. Not a lot of crime in general, I would imagine.
0: Oh, no. No. I very rarely... I mean, we, crime reports out of New Canaan are usually DUIs, um, you know, that type of thing.
1: DUIs, yeah. And then all of a sudden, here we have May 24th uh, this year, 2019, And this call comes in, and it's uh, a report for Jennifer Dulos, mother of five from Connecticut, and, and she's she's missing.
0: Yeah, you know, automatically after being a crime reporter for so many years, it was like the gut, you know, a gut, your stomach type of feeling that you knew that something was different about this crime. Um, as soon as I heard a mother of five from New Canaan, her children went to New Canaan Day School. You you, you knew something was different, and it probably wasn't going to turn out well.
1: So she drops her kids off at that school in the morning, and she's believed to have been driving her. Uh, it's a Chevy Suburban, and right. and and then and then sort of what happens next is is pretty much the the mystery of how it happened. When it happened, and and sort of, who was with her, or or, or who's responsible? Exactly. And so and, she, she 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 drives her her vehicle, She drives the car to school, drop the kids off, and then her car. But her car is found later at a park nearby.
0: Correct. It's found at Waveney Park, um, in uh, in an area that's heavily traveled and it's just sitting there. And I believe the police found it around 6 p.m. after she had been reported missing um, by her friends.
1: And at this point, investigators pretty much head over to the house, and they start looking around uh, in the house at this point because, okay, we found the car, um, You know, we've, we've been trying to contact family and contact friends, and she's still not here. So, so they, they move on to the house?
0: They move on to the house, and once inside the house, they find in the garage what looks like was a struggle. They find blood sp- blood splatter um, on a vehicle, another vehicle. They find um, what looks like white. Someone had tried to clean up or wipe up blood, and so that they knew that some type of violent struggle had taken place in the garage. And that's red flags right away. Exactly, and that's when the um, calls for. Became more urgent from the police. You know their postings. Um, you know, please help us find Jennifer. You know, we won't rest until she's found. That type of thing. Um, it was a little bit of a change from just a regular missing person.
1: And that's when you you start to see in this wealthy community and you start to see the media trucks arriving you see these vigils and and the search really is is what's happening at this point i mean there's a big coordinated search of friends and family and people and 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 just sort of looking around in the area
0: there are but what's what's strange is it wasn't huge searches of people from new canaan that's that's how new canaan is i mean this is very odd for them to have the news trucks in town and it wasn't a bunch of family and friends out searching it was police and and a very coordinated search by police and the family made it very clear they didn't want any large searches they didn't want large search parties by members of the community they said we you know we want the police to handle this and to take care of it.
1: And what do we know uh, about Jennifer Dulo? She was a mother of five. I mean, we, we know that. But what else do we know about her?
0: Well, we know that she was um, uh, an author. She had written a book. Um, she um, was very devoted to her children and spent most of the time with her children. Not someone who's um, just going
1: to take off.
0: No, no, no. No, she's, she's not a, a woman who's out having a good time at parties. She's, this is a woman who has a close-knit group of friends um, who are all school-related and who is very involved in her children's lives.
1: How quickly does the investigation sort of turn to her husband?
0: You know, I, I think right away. I think pretty quickly Um, on the first day when she disappeared and police went to his house and he refused to cooperate immediately. I, you know, I can't speak for the police, but I I think kind of the focus turned to him at that point.
1: And maybe for good reason, because then a lot of sort of strange things start to come out, um, not only about their history, because they've they've are separated they are are going through this divorce process and and some of the court records show that 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 had become a pretty contentious process
0: oh it was it was nasty it was they were so estranged from each other and yeah barely spoke to each other and there it was very contentious when it came to you know visitation with the kids that type of thing and she had stated in the court records that she was afraid of him Um, and that she was afraid something would happen to her. So, you know, it it was definitely not a good situation. And, you know, the fact that he had moved his girlfriend into his home, into their former home, uh, immediately after she moved out uh, with her daughter, um, was was not uh, a good situation.
1: And then there starts to be some information that comes out about some really strange behavior that that he has done after uh, after her disappearance, where police are able to track his cell phone sort of around the New Canaan area, traveling from his workplace back to one of the residences and then eventually down to the Hartford, Connecticut area. Can you sort of talk me through through that that part of it?
0: Yeah, what What was really interesting is how diligently the police, I mean, I'm amazed at the work that they did of uh, the New Canaan and the Connecticut State Police putting together surveillance videos from individual homeowners and, you know, from their ring doorbells or from their video surveillance cameras. And you say and ring,
1: from- ring doorbell, we're talking about those doorbells where you can physically see video of people standing at the door or outside.
0: Right, exactly. They also received information from school bus cameras um, and from downtown cameras in Hartford. And it shows a real pattern that day, a strange pattern of how he took one of his employees' cars, parked it at the near the park where her vehicle was found hours later, and then... A couple hours later, that car is gone from the park, and her car is there in place of it, her SUV. That's strange. Yeah, it's really strange. The one, the one question that hasn't been answered, and will be really interesting to find out in this case, is how did he get, if he did it, if he's guilty, from the park truck to her house, which is about three miles away? They ha- they haven't said if it's on video, if anyone saw him jogging, because he is a jogger, or if anyone saw him walking through the park.
1: And then there's this whole business that happens down in Hartford, which New Canaan and Hartford are not, you know, it's not like it's, a, you know, the next town over. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice little drive, right?
0: Right, right. It's a 30-minute drive, and it's a whole different type of neighborhood. Um Well, well, Hartford's a city, a big city. And what they did, the police did, is they were able to piece together, they pinged his phone, and they were able then to find cameras in the area of where his phone pinged in Hartford and get actual surveillance video of him stopping at more than 30 dumpsters and trash cans, dropping items out of his car along with his girlfriend, Michelle Traconis, who's in the front seat of the truck.
1: That in itself is, I mean, that's, that's that, in, in a lot of cases, that could be it in terms of circumstantial, because some of that stuff then comes back as potential evidence in the case. It's not like he's just dumping trash cans.
0: Right. They find a shirt that she was supposedly wearing that day. Um, you know, they find sponges, a bra, b- other bloody items that have her DNA on it. They also find plates, front plates to her vehicle that is that are stuffed down um, a, a drain.
1: So we're we're, so, we're piling up the circumstantial evidence here, and, and physical oh, yeah. and physical evidence. I mean, as well. I mean, except for maybe you know, uh, uh, they haven't found the body. I mean, that's the that's the big key here. Um,
0: that is that is the big key. <laughs> that, and, and, that's the big key.
1: And on June first. All the alarm bells start ringing. Newsrooms across the country, pretty much, because this case, this missing mother from Connecticut, has become a nationwide case. And there's an arrest, um, but it's not for what people were expecting.
0: No, it really wasn't. It was for, you know, ha- um, hampering, um, I'm sorry, tampering with evidence. And, and, and we're talking, we're talking, prosecution, right. we're
1: talking about uh, Fotis Dulos and his then girlfriend michelle traconis these are the two who who are arrested And, and what are they arrested for
0: for tampering with evidence and hindering prosecution and and i think that um and that is in connection with the items that they dropped off in hartford
1: and so so they, but they don't charge him with the with the with the with a capital crime. They don't charge him with homicide at this point and they're free to go. I mean they, they she makes bond and he makes bond.
0: Right, and they are both wearing ankle bracelets and um, to monitor their movements and they're free to go. And then comes the whole episode with the truck that I talked about earlier, his employee truck. And Michelle Traconis had actually gotten together with a state attorney and had apparently revealed some information that had not been revealed before. Um, with that he had picked up the truck, that she didn't really know where he was that morning, as she had said before, um, that she had basically lied to police and that there was blood, Jennifer's blood found in his employee's truck.
1: And that's big. I mean, that's that that comes out in a, uh, a new set of court documents that that have sort of this is happening in steps. I mean, she she vanishes seven days later, he's arrested, um, you know, but the, all that's back in June. And then this is is we're talking September, end of August, by the time some of this information starts to come out.
0: Correct. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. In that information, it was, so
0: de- de- it was so detailed. That information in the arrest warrant um, about really how they think this crime, how they think it happened, how he drove the truck to the park to um, and parked it near the park, um, how then her truck appears, how there's blood in his employee's truck. Yeah, um, it, it's um, it. That was really the turning point when they arrest him again. But for again, it's for tampering with evidence.
1: And so that's that's the, the next part where he's arrested with his girlfriend the first time for tampering with evidence, allegedly. Then months, the summer passes, basically. Uh, and by early September, he's arrested again. And and what is he arrested for again?
0: For the same thing, for the exact same crimes. Um because of the new evidence found in the truck the blood of jennifer's blood found in his employee's truck
1: and so here we have a mountain of this circumstantial evidence why why don't you think that they've taken a next step i mean it's it seems like you know in maybe other cases you would have already had a, a, an arrest for for an alleged homicide why, why do you what do, do you have any sort of sense of why that hasn't happened in this case
0: I, I think they really want to tie this case up. Um, he seems to have money to pay for expensive attorneys, and I think they want to have you know everything tied up nicely before they take that final step and charge of him with homicide. Um, I mean, he keeps professing his innocence, and that you know he loves and misses his children. And um, I I think the the police are being extra
1: careful. And he has done a few, I think about two interviews, uh, two sit-down television interviews, where he is uh, very guarded and obviously has his attorneys nearby. He he Fotostoulos is a well-known real estate developer, uh, big money properties. He's has, right. you know, commercials that air up there. I mean, he's not, he's, uh, you know, he, he, he's somewhat well-known in, in a certain circles and he's sitting down for one or two interviews where he adamantly denies that he has any involvement in this.
0: Yeah. And he actually says that he expects her. I was really surprised when he said he actually expects her to knock on somebody's door, um, and to show up, um, on his last interview with Dateline, uh, that that was that was a very interesting comment, and um, in that he does believe that she's alive, but he is very guarded, and I, I find it interesting the way he never looks directly at the camera and and those types of things. But uh, but of course, you know he's as far as anyone's concerned right now, he's an innocent man,
1: and at this point, Jennifer Dulos is still missing.
0: Yes, she is. And I really feel for her five children. Can you imagine the effect that's having on her family, her mother, her friends? Um, it's it's got it has to be horrific. And they think that she is dead. I mean, uh, her mother's attorney, Andrew B- Bowman said last week that the family believes that Jennifer is dead.
1: Well, there's definitely a lot more to a lot more to come here. Um, Kathy Reeks, with uh, the thedailyvoice.com covering crimes all over the Tri-State and certainly this, uh, this case in New Canaan. Thank you so very much for joining us here in the Tape Room. It
0: was a pleasure speaking with you, Dan.
1: And since we recorded that interview, Michelle Traconis, the girlfriend of Fotis Doulas, has appeared again in court. She didn't enter a plea to an additional charge of tampering with evidence. Much more to come. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Matt Animas. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Animas, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is vice president and general manager. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room.